Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Free Reads. I remember when I first began writing The Wreck of the Godspeed that I was wondering myself why Speedy was slowing down. This may surprise you, gentle listener, but I assure you that some of my favorite plot twists only occurred to me as I began to see the need for them. I am what some call a headlight writer, which is to say that if the story is a road which leads me I know not where, and I am driving it at night, I can actually see just a bit ahead of me, whatever is illuminated by the headlights of my inspiration. Writing stories like that can lead to a kind of creative panic, which I find useful, if a little nerve-wracking. I never lose interest in the story because I never know how it is all going to come out. Rather, I am afraid of driving off the road at any turn. I will warn you now that the plot twist that makes this story what it is comes at the very end of this installment. In the meantime, you are going to have to indulge my ongoing fascination with how the future might forget all about us, certainly you and me, and probably even so eminent a personage as the Bard. So, the play's the thing in part six of... The Wreck of the Godspeed. To help Adel and Sister get into character, the Godspeed had directed them to eat lunch together every day in the Chillingsworth breakfasting room while the other pilgrims dined in the Ophiuchi. They had passed their first meal in tortured silence, and might as well have been on different floors of the threshold. When the Godspeed asked what they had talked about, they sheepishly admitted that they had not spoken at all. She knew this, of course, but pretended to be so provoked that she assigned them topics for mandatory discussion. The Chillingsworth was a more intimate space than the Ophiuchi. It was cross-shaped. In the three bays were refectory tables and benches. There was a tile fireplace in the fourth bay, in which a fetch fire always burned. Sconces in the shape of the famous singing flowers of old Zara sprouted from pale blue walls. Adel set his plate of spirulini in rado sauce on the heavy table and scraped a bench from underneath to sit on. While the pasta cooled, he closed his eyes and lifted the mute on his opposites. He had learned back on harvest that their buzz made acting impossible. They were confused when he was in character, and tried to get him to do things that weren't in the script. When he opened his eyes again, Sister was opposite him, head bowed in prayer, over a bowl of thrush needles. He waited for her to finish. "'You want to go first? he said. "'I don't think about going home to Pio,' she said. I pray it won't happen any time soon. Your prayers are answered, buzzed Minus. Why? Was it bad? No. She picked up her spoon, but then set it down again. 
Over the past few days, Adel had discovered that she was an extremely nervous eater. She barely touched what was on her plate. I was happy. Somehow, Adel couldn't quite imagine what happy might look like on Sister Li Hong Rain. But I was much smaller then. When the maid told me I had to make a pilgrimage, I cried. But she has filled me with her grace and made me large. Being with her here is the greatest blessing. Her? Are you talking about Speedy? Sister gave him a pitying nod, as if the answer were as obvious as air. And what about you, Adel? Adel had been so anxious since the spacewalk that he hadn't really considered what would happen if he were lucky enough to get off the Godspeed alive. We were going to have a whole lot of sex, remember? buzzed Plus. With as many people as possible. Adel wondered if Sister would ever consider sleeping with him. I want to have lovers. He had felt a familiar stirring whenever he kissed her in rehearsal. Ah, she nodded, and get married, like in our play. Well, that, sure. Eventually. He remembered lurid fantasies he'd spun about Halal Merwin, the librarian from the Springs Upper School, and his mother's friend, Renata Murat, and Lucia Guerrera, who was in that comedy about the talking house. Did you want to marry them? No, we just want to taste, Minus buzzed. I haven't had much experience. I was a virgin when I got here. Were you? She frowned. But something has happened, hasn't it? Something between you and Camilla? We wish, buzzed Plus. You think Camilla and I? Even though nobody tells me, I do notice things, Sister said. I'm twenty-six standard old, and I've taken courses at the Institute for Godly Fornication. I'm not naive, Adel. Fornication? I'm sure you're not. Adel was glad to steer the conversation away from Camilla since he knew the Godspeed was watching. So, do you ever think about fornicating? I mean, in a godly way, of course. I used to think about nothing else. She scooped a spoonful of the needles and held it to her nose, letting the spicy steam curl into her nostrils. That's why the main sent me here. To fornicate? To find a husband? and bring him to nest on Pio. Her shoulders hunched as if she expected someone to hit her from behind. The hard thumb pressed the mane with a vision that I would find bliss on a threshold. I was your age when I got here, Adel. I was very much like you, obsessed with looking for my true love. I prayed to the hard thumb to mark him, so that I would know him. But my prayers went unanswered. As she sat there, staring into her soup, Adel thought he had never seen a woman so uncomfortable. Get her back to talking about fornication, Minus buzzed. Maybe you were praying for the wrong thing. That's very good, Adel. He was surprised when she reached across the table and patted his hand. You understand me better than I did myself. About a year ago, when Speedy told me that I had been aboard longer than 
anyone else, I was devastated. But she consoled me. She said that she had heard my prayers over the years and had longed to answer them. I asked her if she were a god, that she could hear prayer. The sister fell silent, her eyes shining with the memory. So, Adel was impressed. What did she say? Speedy is very old, Adel, very wise. She has revealed mysteries to me that even the main does not know. She believes, Plus buzzed. So you worship her, then? Speedy is your god? Her smile was thin, almost imperceptible, but it cracked her doleful mask. Now you understand why I don't want to go home. But what about finding true love? I have found it, Adel. Sister pushed her bowl away. She had eaten hardly anything. No man, no human, could bring me to where she has brought me. Could we maybe try? She's not talking about that. So you're never leaving, then, Adel carelessly speared the last spiralini on his plate. She's going to keep you here for the rest of your life? No, her voice quavered. No. Sister, are you all right? She was weeping. That was the only word for it. This was not mere crying. Her chest heaved and tears ran down her cheeks. In the short time he had known her, Adel had often thought that she was on the brink of tears. But he hadn't imagined that her sadness would be so racking. She says something is going to happen soon. Too soon. And I, I have to leave, but I... A strangled moan escaped her lips. Adel had no experience comforting a woman in pain, but he nevertheless came around the table and tried to catch her in his arms. She twisted free, scattering thrush needles across the table. Get away! She shot off her bench and flung herself at the wall of the breakfasting room. I... Don't want him. Do you hear? She pounded at the wall with her fists until the sconce shook. He's nothing to me. The godspeed's head filled the wall, her face glowing with sympathy. Adol, she said, you'd better leave us. I want you, sister cried. It's you I want. Day 15 Adel sprawled on the camelback sofa and clutched a brocade toss pillow to his chest. He rested his head in the warmth of Mary's lap, but, for the first time since they had met, he wasn't thinking of having sex with her. He was trying very hard to think of nothing at all as he gazed up at the clouds flitting across the ceiling of the blue salon. Rob Man spun his coin at the Tikra table. It sang through stacks of party-colored blocks that represented the map of the competing biomes, bouncing off trees, whirling over snakes, clattering to a stop by the verge. Take two, put two, 
said Rob Man. I want birds. I'll give you flies, said John Man. Digbees and bats? Done. John Man spun his coin. It's not just you, Adel, he said. Beedy picked Rob Man and me and Jarek, too. Sister didn't want us, either. Why would she want you to, said Adel. You're yoked. Not always, said Mary. John Man was here a month before Rob Man. But I saw him coming, said John Man. Put aught, skip the take. She didn't disappear because of you, said Adel. Are you either, buzzed Minus. Are you either? Mary had been stroking his hair. Now she gave it a short tug. This has nothing to do with you. I made her cry. No, Speedy did that. Mary spat the name, as if she were daring the Godspeed to display. She had not shown herself to them for almost three days. Robman spun again. Speedy wouldn't let her go out of the airlock, said Mary. Would she? Without a suit? Robman sipped Zebreeze from a tumbler as he watched his coin dance. Never. Who knows what Speedy will do, said Adel. They're wasting their time, said John Man. Sister isn't out there. Do you see that, Mary said, or is it just an opinion? Take one, put one, said Rob Man. Which gets you exactly nothing, said John Man. I call a storm. Then I call a flood, Rob Man pushed three of his blocks toward John Man's side of the board. The tether connecting them quivered and Adel thought he could hear it gurgling faintly. John Mann distributed the blocks around his biome. What I see is that she's hiding someplace, he said. I just don't see where. Mary slid out from under Adel's head and stood. And Speedy? Adel put the pillow on the armrest of the sofa and his head on the pillow. She's here, said John Mann. She's toying with us. That's what she does best. At least we don't have to practice her damn play, said Rob Man. Adel wanted to wrap the pillow around his ears to blot out this conversation. One of their number had vanished. They were some fifty light-years from the nearest Masta, and there was something very wrong with the Cognizer in command of their threshold. Why weren't the others panicking, like he was? Rehearse, he said. What? You don't practice a play. You rehearse it. Mary told the wall to display the airlock, but it was empty. They must be back already. Have some more zebras, Rob, said John Man. I can't feel anything yet. Here, he thrust the tumbler at John Man. Pick it yourself. John Man waved it off. It's your day to eat, not mine. You just want to get me drunk so you can win. Nothing, said Kamila as she entered the salon with Jarek. She's not out there. Thank the kindly one, said Jarek. Rob Man gave John Man an approving nod. You saw that. Is Speedy back yet, said Kamila. She hasn't shown herself, Mary had settled into a swivel chair and was turning back and forth nervously. Kamila and I were talking on the way up here. 
said Jarek. He strode behind Mary's chair and put hands on her shoulders to steady her. What if she jumped? What if? Mary leaned her head back to look up at him. Adel says she was hysterical, said Camilla. Let's say Speedy couldn't settle her down. She's a danger to herself, maybe to us. So Speedy has to send her home. Lose your mind and you go free? Robman spun his coin. John, what are we waiting for? Speedy, said Camilla. Is that it? Talk to us, please. They all looked. The wall showed only the empty airlock. Adel hurled the pillow at it in a fury. I can't take this any more. He scrambled off the couch. We're in trouble, people. Be calm. Tell it. They were all staring at him, but that was fine. The concern on their faces made him want to laugh. Sister said something was going to happen. This is it. He began to pace around the salon, no longer able to contain the frenzied energy skittering across his nerves. We have to do something. I don't see it, said John Mann. No, you wouldn't, Adel turned on him. You always want to wait. Maybe that was a good idea when all this started, but things have changed. Adel, said Mary, what do you think you're doing? Look at yourselves, he said. You're afraid that if you try to save yourselves, you'll be fucked. But you know what, people? We're already fucked. It makes no sense anymore to wait for someone to come rescue us. Adel felt a hand clamp onto his shoulder and then another under his buttock. Kamila lifted him effortlessly. Sit down. She threw him at the couch. And shut up. He crashed into the back cushion headfirst, bounced, and tumbled onto the carpet. Adel bit his tongue when he hit the couch. Now he tasted blood. He rolled over, got to hands and knees, and then he did laugh. <laughs> Even you, Kamila. He gazed up at her. She was breathing as if she had just set a record in the 200-meter freestyle. Even you are perfectly scared. Her medallion swung wildly on its silver chain. Gods, Adel. She took a step toward him. Don't. Adel muted his opposites then. He knew exactly what he needed to do. Speedy, he called out. We know that you're decelerating. Mary shrieked in horror. John Mann came out of his chair so quickly that his tether knocked several of the blocks off the tikra board. Kamila staggered and slumped against a ruby sideboard. Why, Adel, said Jared, why? Because she knows we know. Adel picked himself up off the Berber carpet. She scans planets twenty light-years away, and you don't think she can see us dropping rocks on her own surface? He straightened his cape. You trapped yourself in this lie better than she ever could. You do look, my son, as if something is bothering you. The Godspeed's fetch stepped from behind the statue of Levia Kala. She was in costume as Prospero. What did... Speedy, we don't... You have to. Where is... The Godspeed made a grand flourish that ended with her arm raised high above her head. She ignored their frantic questions holding this pose until they fell silent. Then she nodded and smiled gaily at her audience. Cheer up, she said, her voice swelling with bombast. The party's almost over. 
our actors were all spirits and have melted into air, into thin air. There was never anything here, no soaring towers or gorgeous palaces or solemn temples. This make-believe world is about to blow away like a cloud, leaving not even a wisp behind. We are the stuff that dreams are made of, and our little lives begin and end in sleep. You must excuse me. I'm feeling rather odd just now. My old brain is troubled. But don't worry. Tell you what. Why don't you just wait here a few more minutes? I'm going to take a turn outside to settle myself. The Godspeed paused expectantly, as if waiting for applause. But the pilgrims were too astonished to do or say anything. And so she bowed, and, without saying another word, dissolved the fetch. What was that? said Robman. The end of Act Four, Scene One, said Adel grimly. But what does it mean? said Mary. Jarek put his hand to her cheek, but then let it fall again. I think Adel is right. I think we're... At that moment, the Praz sentry ship struck the Godspeed a moral blow, crashing into its surface just forty meters from the backside thruster and compromising the magnetic storage rings that contained the antimatter generated by the collider. The sonic blast was deafening as the entire asteroid lurched. Then came the explosion. The pilgrims flew across the blue salon like leaves in a storm amidst broken furniture and shattered glass. Alarms screamed, and Adel heard the distant hurricane roar of escaping air. Then the lights went out, and for a long and hideous moment, Adel Ranger Santos lay in darkness, certain that he was about to die. But then the lights came up again, and he found himself scratched and bruised, but not seriously hurt. He heard a moan that he thought might be Kamila. A man was crying behind an overturned desk. Is everyone all right? called Jarek. Talk to me! The fetch reappeared in the midst of this chaos, still in costume. Adel had never seen her flicker before. I'm afraid, said the Godspeed to no one in particular, that I've made a terrible mistake. And we'll stop there. I know, I know. Just when things are getting interesting. But that's the way we fiction writers roll. There is nothing like a good old-fashioned cliffhanger to pique audience interest. And so you will have to wait a week to find out just what kind of mistake the Godspeed has made here on the Free Reads Podcast. <laughs> 